Parshas Vayera. In Parshas Vayera, the seeds of our redemption from Mitzrayim finally begin to take root and sprout. The time has come for the ten makas, the great retribution upon Paro and his slave master people, and for the Am Yisrael to finally make their exit from the long and arduous servitude in the Eretz Lo Lahem, the land not their own. The Geula of the Am Yisrael, the fulfillment of Acharechen Yatsu Berchush Gadol, had finally arrived. And on what basis was the Am Yisrael going to take be, to be taken out of Mitzrayim now? That we all know. It was the Bris Ben Abitarim, the famous covenant that Hashem made with Avraham centuries earlier. You remember when Avraham asked Hakadosh Baruch Hu, "How do I know that the land will be mine?" Give me some guarantee, begged Avraham. A guarantee that I'm going to receive the land. That my progeny will one day inherit this land. Avraham was worried. Who knows? Maybe our merit won't be sufficient. Maybe someday you'll be unpleased with us. And I want an unbreakable, an unbreakable covenant with you, Hashem. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him then, Take three calves, three goats, and three rams. So that you and I can enter into a covenant. And what did Avraham do? He took these animals and cut them in half and set the parts opposite each other. That was the practice in those days. It says that in Yirmiyahu, when you wanted to enter a covenant, when you wanted to commit yourself to a course of action with an unbreakable promise, you would divide an animal and pass between its pieces as a sign of your commitment to uphold the deal. So what happened? HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent down His presence, His glory in the form of a fiery furnace to seal the deal. Suddenly a great dread and a darkness fell upon the scene. And Avraham witnessed how this fiery furnace, it was the presence of Hashem, marched between the offerings. And behold, a smoking furnace and a torch of fire passed through the pieces. That was the bris ben Abitarim. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came down and entered into a covenant with Avram. On that day, Hashem made a covenant with Avraham. It's something unequaled in the, in the history of our people, even among the greatest prophets, that such a covenant was made, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should come down and shake hands to close the deal. It's unheard of in all of history. And what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell Avraham at that moment? Know with certainty that your offspring will be sojourners in a land not their own. And they will enslave them and oppress them. And afterwards they shall leave with great possessions. To your descendants I have given this land. So it was an imperishable promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had made that he would stand by his people and that he would eventually take them out of Mitzrayim and bring them to the land that he had promised to them. And now in the beginning of our parsha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe to, tell, to let his people know that the time has come. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, in, is invoking that great promise he had made centuries before. I am upholding my covenant that I made for them to give them Eretz Kanan. The time has come for me to fulfill my promise to the Bnei Yisrael, says Hashem. And I will bring you to the land which I raised up, my hand to give it to you. But it's very important 
that we should listen to the next verse, the Pasuk after Hashem invokes the great promise. And not only am I upholding the covenant I made with Abraham, but also, now listen to these words. And I also heard the outcry of the Bnei Yisrael, and therefore I am now reminded of my promise to them. What do we see here? That despite the covenant, despite the oath that had to be fulfilled, it's the word of Hashem after all, so there's no way that he would fail to fulfill it. Despite all that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu waited until he heard their outcry. And not just one outcry, they cried out for a long time. It's repeated again and again. I have heard their crying out. Their crying out has come before me. I have heard the groaning outcry of Bnei Yisroel. And it was only when he heard enough outcries from them. It was only then that finally HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to fulfill his covenant with them. And that's something we say every day in the Siddur. Hashem answers His people Yisrael at the time that they cry out to Him. It doesn't say merely that He hastens to their succor, that He is at hand to help them. It doesn't say that. It says, Ve'ona, Ve'one. He is ready to answer them. When, when Beis Shavim Alev Elav, at the time that they cry out, Shav'am means a great outcry. He hears their outcries and then he rescues them. So we see that it's not sufficient merely to mumble a little prayer. And even to cry out once or twice is not enough. It's important to make a big outcry to Hashem and to do it again and again. And actually, that's a very big question. Because why did Hashem need our outcry? He had already raised his hand and swore that he would take up take us out from Mitzrayim. So why is the crying out to him for help under the heavy weight of oppression so important? And even more remarkable, the words of the Pasuk imply that our redemption was dependent on our crying out. The outcry of Bnei Israel has come to me, and now I will send you to Paro and take out my nation from Mitzrayim. Even the great covenant of the Brisbane of Besorim, the inv... The invalid words, word of Hashem, was dependent on the Am Yisrael's entreaties, on their crying out to Hashem. And that's very strange, because that wasn't part of the Brisbane Bisarim. Crying out wasn't part of the deal that we signed. But first, there's a fundamental question we have to ask about the entire subject of tefillah, of praying for something. We introduce many of our prayers with the words, Yihiratsun. May it be your will, Hashem. For instance, suppose somebody is in the midst of Shimona Esrei and he remembers there's somebody ill, Khalila, in the family. Or it's a person he knows and he wants to pray for him. So he adds these words, It should be your will, Hashem, our God and the God of our forefathers, of our fathers, that you should send speedily a complete recovery from heaven, a recovery of the soul and a recovery of the body. That means mentally and physically. And we mention the person, his name, so that he should be healed among all the other Choyla Yisroel. Now we are saying, it should be your will. That's how we introduce the tefillah. Now we have to know that whatever happens to a person is Hashem's will. Nobody is sick because of an accident. It's always Hashem's will. Of course, sometimes a man can induce the illness by his own carelessness. 
But nevertheless, it's Hashem's will. That's his punishment for being negligent with his care, with his health or his safety. If a man is careless, he's being punished by Hashem. No matter what, it's Hashem's will that decreed that this man should be ill. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a decree like that, we have a principle, a fundamental principle called all the ways of Hashem are kindliness and truth. Hashem is righteous in all of His ways. And He is kindly in all of His acts. Now when you come in here, you have to to divest yourself on outside attitudes. Because here, we want to study Torah attitudes. And the truth of the matter is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does everything for kindly purposes. Everything. And if it was His will that this man should be ill, then it must be for this man's benefit. What the most important benefit is, we'll study soon. But it's out of the question that it shouldn't be a kindliness. It certainly is for the person's benefit. So here it was, so here it was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon, to give this man the benefit of becoming sick. So the question arises, where do we get the audacity to ask Hashem to change his will? Suppose a man goes to a physician and the physician writes a prescription for some medication. Let's say it's a foul-tasting medication. Would the man say to the physician, It should be your will not to give me this prescription. I I want to get along without the prescription. Only a Meshuggah would say such a thing. The doctor studied for years and years. His profession is medicine. His knowledge and experience is medicine. He's the expert here. And you're just an obstinate fellow. Maybe ignorant too. Either the expense is too much for you. Or maybe you don't like the taste of the medicine. So you don't want to bother with it. It's a mishugas to even ask such a thing. And here is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the great healer. And he's prescribing for a man certain pills, whether the pills are troubles or headaches or pains or illness, big and small, whatever it is, it's certainly pills. There's no question that Hashem is benefiting the man by giving him these troubles, these misfortunes, pains or illnesses. So how can a man say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I beg of you, Yihiratson, that you should change the prescription or not give me the prescription at all? That's a big question that needs to be answered. And actually, that's what our bakasha seems to be. An attempt to change the will of Hashem. And another question, just as important and maybe even more perplexing. What's Hashem's purpose in causing any disturbance, either in a man's health or in his family life or in his business? It's a question we want to ask of him. Why do you send anything to ruffle the tranquility of our lives? After all, Like we just said, Hashem's ways are perfect and He is kindly in all of His deeds. That's a truism. So why is it that we see sometimes that Hashem does things that seem to be contradictory to these principles of kindliness? Actually, it's a question that all thinking men ask one time or another because Khalilah, something happens. Sometimes it happens. Here's a man who's successful and all of a sudden a freak misfortune happens to him and unfortunately he's in the hospital. It's not an accident, it's Hashem. So he's thinking, why did this happen to me? Before, everything was going smoothly with me. Baruch Hashem. I was a good from Jew more or less. Why did Hashem do this? And the answer is as follows. There is a great kindliness that's most paramount, more important then all of the chassadim in the world, more important than Parnassah, more important than Shalom Bayis, and good health, 
And that's the kindliness called Yiras Hashem. Yiras Hashem, which means to be aware of Hashem. That's the most important thing in your life. Now, this might sound queer to the ears of those who live with materialism, but it's a fundamental principle that we must get into our heads. We are here to gain awareness of Hashem. Now, if that's the purpose, then what a tragedy it is when people let their lives go by and fail to utilize the opportunity to, the opportunities to recognize Hashem. You forgot about Him? To forget Hashem is the worst ruination in life. To live without awareness is not a life worth living. So Hashem sees that you're wasting your life. Of course, you're a from person. You're doing mitzvahs. You're ultra, ultra orthodox. But that's not enough for Hashem. He doesn't want orthodox. He wants to squeeze greatness out of you. He wants to save you so that your life shouldn't be wasted. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to give you the gift of being aware of Him. So what does Hashem do? He orders a prescription. One headache prescribed. Chaim ben David, one headache for one day. It's a pill. And so one morning you wake up with a headache. And what's the purpose of that prescription? The purpose of the headache is so that you should call out to Him and achieve the perfection of even a little more awareness of Hashem. And when you do that, you're turning your migraine into diamonds. All the events in a man's life are being manipulated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He puts disturbances into your life so that you'll call out to Him. And that is the chief purpose of every mishap in your life. To cause you to cry out for aid from Hashem and to thereby become more aware of Him. The outcry that comes from, from desperation, from unrequited needs, from anguished hopes for the future causes awareness of Hashem's presence. And it is that awareness that is the true achievement, the chief purpose of man's existence in this life. And now we have an answer to the age-old question of, a why, of why bad things happen to good people. Because awareness of Hashem is the greatest chesed that Hashem can give a man. And most often it is saras. And the crying out to Hashem, and the crying out to Hashem, it, by crying out to Hashem it encourages. That brings the awareness. When you're subject to adversity, that's the great opportunity to be a makir, to recognize Hashem. When a man finds himself subject to mishaps and misfortunes, he needs things. So it's much easier for him to raise his eyes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and ask for it. And that is the great gift of awareness of Hashem. And therefore, better anger than laughter, Kohelas. Now we know that's not true. Anger is no good. It's a very big mistake to get angry. But there is one anger that is good, and that's Hashem's anger. That's good. When Hashem gets angry at you, that's tov. That's good for you. Don't ask for it though. You should ask for good times. You ask Him for good times and appreciate what He's giving you. But still, when Hashem shows His anger to the tzaddikim, that's better, better than the smiling Hashem does on the Rishayim. If there ever happened to be, happened that a tzaddik Khalilas had a setback, a misfortune, so you must know, and he must know, that it's a stroke of good fortune. Now I know it's very hard to accept this, but we have to learn, we have to learn that, and understand that it's a chesed gadol, when that happens to him, tov, it's better, 
it's a greater it's a greater hatzlacha than had Hashem smiled. When the face is sad, then the heart becomes better. Also Kohelas. Now it doesn't mean you should be sad and sour-faced. On the contrary. If you're sad-faced, it shows that you don't appreciate what Hashem is doing for you. If you don't appreciate that things are tov, but sometimes a man against his will is sad because some misfortune has happened to him. So he should know, however, that his neshama is improving. So when Hashem sends you a headache, you have to know that it was for a great purpose. And if you take an aspirin, and after one day the headache goes away and you never cried out to Hashem, so you wasted the prescription. You've wasted an opportunity. The purpose was for you to become aware of Hashem, and you wasted the glorious opportunity. And so when we ask Hashem, let it be your will that I will be healed, we are not telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu to change His will. Yihiratzon means this, Hashem, I know that what you want from me is that I should become more aware of you. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm calling out to you, let it be your will that I can get better now. Or my tsar should be removed. Whatever it is you're asking for. Because I'm calling out to you. I'm becoming more aware of you. Whatever trouble you gave me can go away now because I've achieved the purpose. Now the truth is that sometimes you cry out to Hashem and He doesn't answer. A man called me on the telephone and he tells me. He's crying out and he's crying out and there's no answer. He wants to know. What is he supposed to think? He's, suppo- he's supposed to think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to cry out even more. And suppose he cries out even more. Let's say a man is on his deathbed. He's an old man, 119 years old. He can't expect to live much more. But still he cries out on his deathbed. Did he waste his time? No. He achieved maybe in his last minutes more than he did in his entire life. An old man is crying out on his deathbed. He says, oh Hashem, heal me. Oh, it's silly you say. The bystanders think it's ridiculous. You want to be healed? How long do you want to hang around here? The children want to take over the business already. They want the old man out of the way already. 119 years is not enough. No, for him it's not enough. When you're on your deathbed, it's never enough. He wants to live a thousand years. Why shouldn't he? He has a great-grandfather who lived almost a thousand years. Mitushelach lived almost a thousand years, so why can't he? So he's crying out to Hashem, why not? He has the right to cry out. And when he finally takes his last breath, don't think he didn't accomplish with the crying out. He accomplished plenty. The crying out is the purpose. That's the biggest achievement there is. So nobody is ever frustrated in, in his davening when he's not answered. Because he has gained the most important thing. More awareness of Hashem. It's like a man who has a very good vineyard. He has blue-blooded grapes, good quality grapes with a yichus, with a pedigree. So when he takes his grapes to the wine press and he presses out the wine, it's a pity to take that mash, the residue, and throw it away. So he decides to press it a little bit more. He takes that mash and presses it some more. He puts them on the wine press and gives a kvetch. And a little more good wine squirts out, but it's not enough for him. 
He says, I can't leave any wine inside the peel. Maybe there's some more good wine in there. So he puts it under the press again and puts some more pressure to get out that last drop. Now you have to know that we are the good grapes and Hashem wants to press from us all the Yiras Hashem that He could get for our own benefit. He wants to squeeze out some more good wine of awareness from us because from good grapes, you try to squeeze out all that you can. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pressing us with all kinds of pressure. Our pressure might be trouble with Parnassah. Another might be trouble with your children or trouble having children, chas v'sholom. And when you, cry out to Hash- when you cry out to Hashem, that's the good wine. The good wine of awareness of Hashem dripping from the good grapes of your neshama. When your heart is torn with anguish, when you turn to Hashem for His help, you weep and you pour out your heart into tefillah. That's the good wine that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from you. And sometimes He might press you again and again. And the good grapes will keep on giving good wine. Until finally Hashem will say, Enough! You achieved exactly what I wanted from you. And now, it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does the will of those who continue to grow in awareness of Him. But first, they have to cry out to Him. Shavasam means that they cry out. They cry out. Oh, says Hashem, if that's the case, if you're crying out to me, so you're becoming aware of me. So now, now I'll help you. Once you cried out, once you perfected yourself in awareness of Hashem, so now I'll answer you. And that leads us to the answer that we are searching for in the beginning of our talk. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had given us His word at the Briz Ben Abisarim. He caused His Shekhinah to pass through the Bisarim the halves of the animals, and swore to Abraham that he would take us out of Mitzrayim. So how is it that now he, so how is it that now he could make our Geula dependent on our crying out to him? Is not the word of Hashem imperishable? The word of Hashem stands forever. And so we'll study again the words of Hashem to Abraham Avinu. And they will enslave them and oppress them. The word ve'anu, and they will oppress, you must know actually means, and they will cause you to cry out. The word ani, a poor or afflicted man, actually means the man that cries out from the root ana, to speak up. The Gemara tells us that the poor man is beloved by Hashem because he cries out to Hashem in his affliction. And he therefore becomes more aware of Hashem. And so we have to say that the Vianu Otam that Hashem promised us, the Tzaras that Hashem foretold would come upon us in Mitzrayim, were intended specifically for the Bnei Yisrael, for the Bnei Yisrael to reach greater and greater heights of awareness of Hashem. That was its purpose. And how? By means of the Inoi by means of them calling out to Him and thereby becoming more aware of Him and of their dependence on Him. Hashem has brought the afflictions on the Am Yisrael for the purpose of causing them to cry out to Him. He was preparing us in Mitzrayim to become my people and the oppression was His plan of conferring upon us the perfection of crying out to Him. The heavy affliction caused a great and unceasing outcry which resulted in a heightened awareness of Hashem. It was this keen awareness which made them my people.
And now the covenant with the others could be triggered and become effective in causing their deliverance from Mitzrayim. And until they would reach those heights, that achievement of awareness, then the avdum might have been fulfilled. But the vi'anu otam, and I will cause them to oppress you until you cry out to me, would still be missing. In reality, the entire bondage and affliction were intended to be stimulation towards the outcry of Hashem and towards the achievement of a greater awareness of Hashem, which would be demonstrated by their outcry to Him. And if we wouldn't have cried out to Hashem, we would have remained there forever. Absolutely, we wouldn't have come out of Mitzrayim, Hashem said. You have to cry out to me if you want to get the salvation. And that's why Hashem applied pressure. When he saw that they were not crying enough, so he told Paro, get busy and apply a little more pressure to the wine press. So all of a sudden, Paro comes out with a new decree. Up till now, you were making bricks and I supplied the hay, the straw. Now, you go look for the straw by yourself. That's a double job. In addition to making bricks all day long, in your lunch hour, in your three-minute lunch hour, go and look for straw too. Because the same amount of bricks has to be supplied. The same count of bricks you must continue to give. Now that's putting pressure on the wine press with a vengeance. Even when they cried out, Hashem pressed more on the good grapes. So the Bnei Israel cried out more. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. Ah, my children, you remember me now. You're aware that I'm in existence. You know about me now. It's like a man who is carrying his child on his shoulders. And this child was so happy riding on high, he thought he was the tall one. So he started kicking with his feet, kicking his father in the chest with his feet. He was so happy. And the father saw now that his son was not aware of him anymore. His child was riding on high. So when the father saw a dog coming, he put the child down near the dog. Oh, Poppy, Poppy, save me. Oh, the father said, so I'm Poppy now. And so even after HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the B'nai Yisrael out from Mitzrayim, he was afraid, afraid for them, that they might forget about him. He took them out of Mitzrayim. So it's all over now. Now they can stop crying. So Ve'yavu Amalek and Amalek came. So they cried out to Hashem. They cried out to Hashem. Oh, Hashem said, Oh, I'm still around, huh? Because that's the arrangement of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. It wasn't a one-time event in Mitzrayim. Forever and ever the plan of Hashem is to press the good grapes of the Am Yisrael a, li- a, little, a little bit more. And our job is to always utilize the opportunities and not make it necessary for the wine press to be pressed even harder. Let's remember always that there are madregas and there are madregas in persecution. And wise is the man who will use all of them, even the smallest misfortune, to improve by calling out to Hashem and becoming more aware of Him. So you're standing in your store and no customers are coming in. Why are you wasting the great opportunity? You have to cry out to Hashem. Ribono shel oilam. Please give me some customers. And those opportunities are endless. Because all day long there are bumps in the road. Just because there's no taskmaster standing over you with a whip doesn't mean you can't use the opportunities of tzad in your life. The smallest things and the biggest things to call out to Hashem. 
I'll tell you something else. Don't let your Shemona Esrei go to waste. You mean to say you're going to spend your years just mumbling your tefillahs every day by rote and not thinking about our Kaddosh Baruch Hu? Shemona Esrei is a gold mine. And when you're standing in a gold mine, even if you grab only one handful, you're already a wealthy man. But you have to know how to grab. If you're not begging Hashem for mercy, if you're not crying out and begging, so your tefillah is not a tefillah. Gemara Brachas. When you daven, you have to daven. Like a poor man begging at the door of a rich man. Shulchan Aruch. He's talking here about a man without shoes. He's hungry and cold and he's begging for something to eat. That's a man who knows how to cry out. And that's how we're supposed to daven. Now we can't ask too much of you. But when you stand Shimon Esrei, at least one bracha from the gold mine, you can choose to say, B'tachanunim. For one thing at least, you can, cry, you can cry out to Hashem instead of running through the words. You have a cold? Rifayinu Hashem, Cry out. Trouble with Parnassah? Cry out. There's fighting in the house. Machloikas with the neighbor. Sim shalom. Don't just mumble the words to yourself. Cry out to Hashem. At least in your mind, you should be crying out. It should be a cry of the mind up to Hashem. And sometimes things get even more difficult. And what that means is that Hashem wants even more awareness from you when things are going hard with Parnassah. So you get desperate. You were hoping this job would work out or maybe this deal would go through, but nothing is going. You're at wit's end. So what happens? You have no choice. Your rich uncle won't take your phone calls. The bank won't lend you any more money. And welfare won't pay the bills. So you have to cry out to Hashem, Oh, that's a Hatzlocha. That's more important than your Parnassah. Now I want to expand this subject a little more. Because once we understand that the purpose of tefillah is awareness of Hashem, so you'll see that we're not talking only about tefillah when something already happened. I'm also talking about tefillah when it shouldn't happen, that it shouldn't happen. Tefillah koydim letzara. How important that is. When you fall, when you fall, tachanun. When you fall your arm after Shemona Esrei. So it's tachanunim. You're entreating Hashem for mercy. Rachum v'chanun. Hashem, you're the merciful one. Please Hashem, don't rebuke me in your anger. Please don't chastise me in your wrath. So you might think that this capital is for David maybe. He was in trouble so he was calling out. That's why he said those words. No, don't make that mistake. It's for us. And we're saying it so there shouldn't come trouble. We want to be wise enough to call out to Hashem before the tzara even comes. Why wait, Khalila? Maybe it'll be too late then. You remember how Eov was in trouble? He lost his sons. He lost his daughters, he lost everything. He even lost his health. And he was sitting on a garbage pile. This wealthy man now didn't have a home at all. He was sitting on the dung hill of the city. And he was scratching his wounds. The pus was dripping from his wounds. And he was scratching the itching wounds with a piece of broken pottery. Imagine the scene. It's Eov, the great rich Eov, sitting on a dung hill with a piece of broken pot, scratching his itchy wounds. He couldn't even afford a salve to heal himself. 
So his friends came to visit him, his chaverim who knew him in his good days. And one of them said to him as follows, Did you set forth your outcry before you were in distress? You hear that? Did you set forth your outcry to Hashem? Did you arrange your tefillahs? Lobetzah, before the trouble came upon you. That's what he said to Eve. Did you cry out to Hashem before you were in trouble? It was the good old days when you could criticize a man who was suffering and he'd listen. Now I don't know what the answer is. We don't know what Eov answered his friends. Maybe he did. But we see what the Gemara says about that. A man should always say his prayers before he needs something. Before the trouble sets in. That's a real sign of Yiras Hashem. The real sign of awareness of Hashem is when you are always aware of what could be. So many things could go wrong in a man's life. And you cry out to Hashem so that he should save you from all of them. Because that's the system that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up for mankind. That's his prescription for the world. So if a man says to Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm going to cry out to you even when there's no trouble. So that man is filling his prescription of Yiras Hashem in the best way possible. And Hashem says, I'm satisfied. As long as you cry out, but to not cry out at all, I might have to give you a reason to cry out. And so we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, please don't give me any headaches. And from now on, I'm going to ask you as much as I can to save me from headaches. Oh, Hashem says, that's a deal that I like. As long as you are aware of me, as long as you ask me every day to protect you from illness, then I don't have to give you any illness. Of course, if you let down your side of the bargain, if you start saying the words only out of habit, so sometimes I'll have to remind you, sometimes a little headache, I'll send again so that you should call out to me with some more sincerity. And so we are never telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to change his will. Who are we to tell Hashem what's good for us? Let's say he prescribed the person should have to be in a hospital. Maybe he prescribed the person should have to lose his job, Khalila, or have trouble with one of his children, So we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu beforehand, before he fills the, the prescription, may it, be, may it be your will that I shouldn't have to ever go into a hospital except to visit my wife when she has a baby. That I shouldn't have any problems with my boss and that, I sh- and that I should have my job for as long as I want it. Please keep my children on the derech ayashor, the derech The best time to cry out to be saved is when everything is well. It's important for you young people to think about that. You're healthy? Cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you should stay well. Your children are well? Cry out to Hashem, please, it shouldn't come upon me or anyone in my family. What happened to that man in Shul? Parnasa is good. Cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Suddenly, things could happen. Out of nowhere things happen. When you say Hashem guard are going out and are coming back for good life and peace, you should be saying it with an outcry. At least in your mind it should be. Who knows? Who knows what could happen on the road once you walk outside on the streets? People are speeding in cars through the streets and sometimes the car jumps the curb onto the sidewalk where people walk. Who knows what could happen? 
You cross by a building and suddenly a facade of the building. It's been hanging on for 25, 30 years. A big chunk of cement falls loose and starts coming down. It's very important that you should be a few inches out of the way. And that's what your tefillah can accomplish. When you walk down Ocean Avenue, so you see signs. A doctor specializing in this. A different doctor specializing in this. A doctor specializing in something else. It's no accident that you saw those signs today. Look how many things that they specialize in. It's a reminder to cry out. Look how many problems could happen. Even one thing wrong. And you have to go to a big specialist, Chaz Fisholem. Sometimes you have to go to Manhattan and it costs a load of money. And then some people get a diagnosis, the dreaded diagnosis, ay, 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 the terrible news. And now the tzaras begin. And there are so many things that could go wrong, it's endless. So cry out now. Koydim letzara. Ribbonu shel oilam, please save me from the dreaded disease. I don't want to say it, it starts with a C. And when you pass by the shingle hanging on the next building, let it be a reminder of another tzara that you don't want to come upon you. I recommend that. Walk by one of these fancy streets where there are a lot of doctor signs and practice up on crying out to Hashem before the troubles come. You pass by a big drugstore, all kinds of medicines, creams, drops, with long names with different problems, for different problems. Bargain prices. So cry out, Hashem, please, I should never need this type of medicine for kidney failure. You know what it means to not have a working kidney? It's Gehenim. Cry out to Hashem, Ribbono Shalom, please keep my kidneys working. I don't want to be hooked up to a kidney machine. I want to be able to empty my bladder on my own, in my own bathroom, not in a hospital room. Even when you pass a funeral parlor, you should cry out. You know, if you'll take a walk with me down Ocean Avenue, we'll pass three separate funeral parlors. Funeral homes, they call it. They want to think maybe they're inside there playing chess or reading the newspapers. So he's laying, he's laying in a plain wooden box, that's all. So every time you pass by the funeral parlor, you can cry out to Hashem, please keep me alive. Please give me good health. I want to stay for a long time outside of this home. You have to cry out to Hashem with intensity. You know what a tragedy it is when people have to beg a Kaddosh Baruch Hu for, for peace after the war has already begun? I'm talking about domestic peace, peace in the home. You should be crying out to Hashem all the time during the times of peace, especially when there's peace. There shouldn't be any war in your household. And that there, and that there should be peace in the households of your sons and your daughters. You ask Hashem, please don't let my telephone ring with bad news. Sometimes a daughter calls up, Khalila, she's having a fight with her husband. She wants to leave him. Ay, ay, ay. The tragedy of a broken home. Don't wait. When it's quiet on all fronts, your daughters are quiet with their husbands. Nobody's complaining. Maybe they are, but not to you. You hear nothing from your children. That's wonderful. The great peace of Shalom Bayis. And that's when you should cry out to Hashem. That he should continue to peace, to keep peace in your home and the homes of your children. And if you don't have any litigation with your neighbors, that's the best time to daven. If you never went through that, you're a lucky man and you want to keep it that way. Trouble with neighbors, fighting and recriminations, going to court, it's all tzaras. A man used to come in here. 
He used to come here and he was blinking all the time. I saw that man was very nervous. And so I spoke to him. And he told me that he, con- he has constant legal trouble with his neighbors, Jewish neighbors, about the driveway, about this and about that. And it got so acute that he was dragging it into, into the court again and again. That sat us. And so we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, great peace in every area of our lives you should put upon us. Please Hashem, there should be peace inside of our stomachs. Our stomachs shouldn't complain, shouldn't growl, shouldn't groan. Our nerves shouldn't complain. Our head shouldn't complain. The body has a lot to say. And when the body is quiet and it's peace all throughout the body, people aren't grateful. You don't realize how lucky you are. Your brain is getting good messages from all parts of the body constantly. You're not aware of the messages. When do you become aware? When even once the messages are not good. Even if one pinprick somewhere on your skin is taking place, it's relayed to your brain and you're acutely aware of it. And so when nothing is happening, it's shalom. It's complete tranquility on all fronts, from your toes to the scalp of your head. It's quiet on all fronts. And when all is quiet, that is the best opportunity to cry out to Hashem that it should remain quiet. Only that when you call out to Hashem before the tzara, it has to be with the same intensity as during the tzara. The same awareness of Hashem you have to accomplish in the good times. If you would think even a little bit about what tzaras does to a person, hospitals and bills and litigation, and so much pain and anguish, cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that it shouldn't happen. At all times, you should be crying out. And don't think it's excessive what I'm telling you now. You can never ask enough for Hashem to help you because you can never be too aware of Hashem. Because what we've learned from our parsha is that we're in this world primarily to become aware of Hashem. That's our perfection. The more we call out to Him, the more our neshamas are being purified. And therefore, usually we have two choices. You can become aware of Him while He's still giving you good things. While you're healthy, while your wife and children are healthy, while you still have parnasa, and so on and so forth. By crying out to him and entreating him that everything should remain as is, that's the best way to squeeze out from the good grapes the wine of awareness of Hashem. However, in this world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will always press the good grapes of the Am Yisrael like he did in Mitzrayim. There's always some wine of awareness to squeeze from you that you haven't kvetched out on your own. And so Hashem says, it pays to give you trouble because the gain, the benefit for you when you're thinking about me is the greatest of benefits. And when you come to the next world, you'll say, I thank you Hashem for causing me that pain, for giving me the tsar or for that tsar, because it made me call out to you. And it was the crying out in that world that gave me the greatest success, awareness of you, Hashem, so that I can bask forever in the presence of your Shekhinah. Have a wonderful Shabbos.